The following episode of The Book Guys is rated explicit for content and may contain lots and lots of violence. is episode 40 of the book guys show the show where we talk about books audiobooks audio dramas and podcasts my name is paul elvis also known as paul the book guy joined as always by buenos dias buenos dias and we are also joined today by a special guest or two special guests the first one being Love playing your theme song, Seth. Seth Harwood, <laughs> the author of the new uh, book, In Broad Daylight, as well as the Jack Palm series, podcast favorite. How are you doing, Seth? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, this is going to be a blast. And uh, we are joined also, Seth, by Spencer Brokaw. Hello, Spencer. Hello. And uh, Spencer uh, published a book last year, uh, published his first book when he was, how old were you, Spencer? 12. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about that a little later in the show. Now, uh, let's start off with uh, talking to Seth. Seth, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, things are pretty good out here. Working on some new writing projects and uh, sort of in between podcasts right now, but trying to get some writing done. Excellent. What's uh, just before we we get into the show, we usually ask everybody what what they're reading. What's on your uh, Kindles or your nightstands? Sure. Oh, that's a good question. I'm reading some Larry Block right now. I just got. Uh, one of his first Scudder books, and um, I got a Joe Lansdale book that I've been reading. Nice. Spencer, anything on your uh, Kindle? Yeah, I have like 10 books I've promised to read for other authors, so I'm full. <laughs> You're full up, eh? <laughs> just a whole pile of them. Yeah. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm just about to start tomorrow morning, uh, by Anthony Mindel, uh, At Left Brain, Turn Right, An Uncommon Path to Shutting Up Your Inner Critic, Giving fear the finger and having an amazing life. Huh. So that sounds we'll, pretty good. We'll see what happens. Sir Jimmy, anything happen? Anything carved being carved or read? Actually, I got one here that's probably going to be carved up as soon as I'm done. I'm going through the life of Samuel Johnson by James Boswell. Ah. Oh, that's a biggie. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the oldest uh, written accounts we have of uh, an everyday person's life going way back a few hundred years. Pretty interesting. That might yeah. take, take you longer to carve than to read. I know. This thing's only maybe an uh, inch and a quarter thick. That you, you can find it in several different variations, but this had pretty small text, so uh, it's a nice-looking book. I can't wait to uh, make it a little more useful. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, now, Seth, you've got a, a new book out, In Broad Daylight. I'm looking at your Skype uh, icon there, and uh, I see the cover. And yeah, I, yeah, and I know nothing about your new book, uh, Seth. Please tell us uh, all about it. Well, so In Broad Daylight is my new podcast. It's not out as a book yet. We're okay. probably looking at getting it out as a book 
in late 2012. Uh, but I podcasted it this last fall. It is a book with a new series character that I have named Jess Harding. She's a female FBI agent, and in this book, she is hunting a serial killer in Alaska. Ooh. So is this uh, available currently on uh, Patio Books and iTunes as well? Yeah, it's on both of those. It's on my website. Uh, it's totally free to download and check out, like, all of my stuff. Oh, you know what? I'm changing my what's on your Kindle uh, on your nightstand. Uh, at left brain, turn right. It's going to have to wait now. I have to catch up. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been podcasting this one? Uh, I did that one. I think basically it went from September to about December. Oh, nice. So is it complete now? Yeah, it's complete. It's done. Oh, awesome. See, that, 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 I have, have to be honest with you, Seth. That's the way I, I enjoy reading your, your work. I always wait for you to be done because I can't wait till the next week. <laughs> not, I, those cliffhangers kill me. <laughs> I know. I get that from some people. But, you know, that's fine with me. If you want to wait until the end uh, and then download it, that's okay, too. But I'd rather I'd much rather get those hooks into you and so that I can get you every week. Yes, that's a, that's a good point, too. Uh, yeah, a lot of people enjoy the cliffhanger. Like, I mean, uh, uh, they drive me nuts. Can't do it. <laughs> I think Spencer, we got a little echo coming from him. How you doing there? <laughs> okay. I got a contact request from Sir Jimmy. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, Seth, I believe we have some questions here about In Broad Daylight. Did you want to tackle yeah. those? or? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess just to say a few more things about uh, the book. Absolutely. It, it takes place in Alaska. I'm really excited about branching out into some new territory there geographically. Uh, and this character, Jess Harding, is one that I'm really excited about. I've never really done a, a straight um, crime-fighting character or sort of on the right side of the law before. So it was cool to do sort of an FBI detective here. Uh, and then, you know, she's up in Alaska. She's chasing a serial killer. And so that podcast is done, and we've got some questions from some of my fans uh, who called in. I'm ashamed to say, but it's been too long since I've gotten these. All right, so we'll start off with the first one. Hey, Seth. It's the mystery dog. What's all this stuff about Vladi in my ear? Vladi threatening me with buying books. Vladi threatening blah, 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 blah. We all know that the future urban crime king, you can spell it out yourself, I think, is the man, the books, the writing, the source. But I do have a question for you. Does Jess Harding know Jane Gannon, FBI, San Francisco? Do tell, do tell. Well, yes, that is my man Aldo Calcano from down in Southern California. Um, and yeah, you know, there was this weird thing that happened on the In Broad Daylight podcast where one of the former Jack Palms characters, Vlade, the crazy Czech, got into some of the feeds and he, he was going a little bit crazy there. But, uh, you know, um, what Aldo's asking about is um, Jane Gannon was uh, an FBI agent that showed up in some of the Jack Palms books. And she was out of the San Francisco office. Ultimately, Jess Harding winds up having a connection with the San Francisco office as well. And so he's wondering if these two will ever work together or know one another. Uh, and I think I'm going to have to say yes to that. I think we're going to have to have some cross-pollination there and have one of these guys pop up in the other's book or the other's story. You know, just knowing that uh, 
there's characters in broad daylight from the Jack Palms universe. You've already sold me. So <laughs> when, when's, when's the hardcover coming out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm working on that with my agent right now. We've got some people interested in publishing the book, and it looks like uh, we're sort of working on the contract right now, and that's all I can say about it. All I'm right. sworn to secrecy, but I'm excited, and I think it should be out hopefully by beginning, by end of 2012, beginning 2013. Nice. Uh, we have one from Cameron. Hey, Seth, it's your boy, Cameron. Just wanted to say we really enjoyed In Broad Daylight. Thanks a lot. Um, had a couple of questions that I hope we got in here in time for the K-7 Colin show. Uh, first, what made you choose a traditional law enforcement protagonist this time around, unlike Jack Palms? And second, how badly uh, are now both of Jess's hands messed up, and does that affect the likelihood of a sequel? Uh, also, my wife Meredith wants to make sure Martinez makes it into a future story. But hope everything's good with you, man. Thanks a lot, and uh, stay criminal. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, I should have warned you guys ahead of time. There might be a little bit of a spoiler alert there. <laughs> but yeah, so Jess ultimately has a little bit of hand damage going on that happens throughout uh, the story. Um, I don't think that's giving away too much. But yeah, so she gets some serious injury going on there. It's bad. She'll get over it, though. And, you know, why did I start? Why did I choose to do um, a traditional sort of PI or detective character? Um, I just, I don't know. I, I sort of wanted to explore different options. And um, I've been teaching this class on detective fiction at City College here in San Francisco. And, you know, I've always been curious about sort of the path of the, the private detective or the crime um, hero throughout the 20th century. You've got your good guys and your bad guys being heroes. Uh, I really sympathize a lot with some of the people who are in TV shows like today. Uh, you know, Dexter... Tony Soprano from a little while ago, um, you know, sort of these bad guys that become heroes. And I wanted to think back to what it would be like to have sort of a more traditional, on the right side of the law, main character. Almost like a Sam Spade or a um, Philip Marlowe, but maybe even, I guess, more towards kind of the law and order thing, where you've got sort of an actual procedural with the FBI character at the start. Nice. And uh, we have another question. Uh, it just says here, Montana. Hmm. Let's take, let's take a listen. Hey, Seth. Tim Thar calling from Montana. Q&A on In Broad Daylight. Love the book. Love the characters. Love the voices. Nice job on everything. One thing just bothers me a wee bit, though. Uh, Jess, she, she executed Ivan at the end. Yeah, he's a rotten SOB. He deserved it. He deserved to die. Good thing putting him to his death, meeting his maker. She's a cop. She, she executed him, and I just, uh, he would have been struggling a little bit if he would have thrown his body, leaned for the knife, anything else. That, that, that little tiny part bothers me, and if, if you got to send Vladi over to beat the hell out of me so that it doesn't bother me anymore, that's fine, too. But I just, uh, I'm curious about that, that little part of it there, and as an EMT, I appreciate you, uh, the correction you made early on in there about the, uh, the old CPR thing, I know you, you edited one of those stories but uh, i throw that out there i'd love to hear your comments about uh how jess is going to recover off after this and you, you know did she, i'm sure she would have faced in face some sort of internal investigation for what she did finishing the guy off like that but great work keep it up oh man 
Wow, talk about spoilers. I really <laughs> screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> hey, Sorry we'll, to all your listeners who haven't heard In Broad Daylight yet. Well, you know what? But, we'll tell them to have a, a nice stiff drink after the show. They'll forget all about it, and then they can go download In Broad Daylight. Yeah, we'll use that little mind eraser thing from Men in Black. But yeah, um, so, you know, that's one of the weird things about being on the side of a law person for your main character is that there are certain things that maybe they're not supposed to do that, you know, a Jack Palms or some of the checks would go ahead and do without right. any problem. So so your, your your writing has more free range when you're talking with about Jack Palms because he can, you know, screw up police procedure all he wants where she can't. Right. Or he can do something that's sort of morally or legally wrong. At the same time, I, I think it's kind of interesting to look at these uh, crime fighting or, you know, cop or FBI characters and see sort of what really pushes their buttons and what would make them actually consider going rogue or sort of going off the deep end. So, you know, uh, for those of you who haven't heard In Broad Daylight yet, it'll be interesting for you guys to go check out um, what Jess goes through, how she gets to this conclusion at the end. Uh, who these characters are, all kinds of stuff like that. Ultimately, there's there's still a lot to find out in this story. And uh, we'll put a link up at the site uh, so people can quickly find it, but you can just go to patiobooks.com or I believe you could just search uh, iTunes for In Broad Daylight, Seth Harwood, and you'll find it. And uh, I believe the podcast is free, free to Absolutely. take a listen. And if you enjoy it, as always, uh, when when Seth has some hardcovers for sale or eBooks, please purchase, support the author. Thanks. <laughs> we try. Yeah. So, so in, in Broad Daylight, uh, is this one that you uh, podcast as you were writing or did you podcast it afterwards? It sounded like you, you had to make a correction there midway. Yeah. Well, one of the great things about podcasting, I think, is that you can find out from the listeners things that you might not have caught as sort of a fact checker while you're writing. Right. So here I had a situation where um, someone was injured and she wound up performing CPR on that person. And due to the nature of the injury, it just wouldn't have made sense to do the CPR. She would have had to do other stuff. Uh, okay. uh, so I had a nurse who emailed in and let me know all the details about what she should have done. And then I was able to correct that in the very next episode. So, you know, for people who that's going into their bailiwick, they know this kind of medical stuff. They like to have things corrected like that. And I guess that's what we were hearing from Montana. I love it. It's like uh, crowdsource consultants. You got all these experts in different fields that are, you know, emailing you and uh, giving you some pointers. It's great. Yeah, I get the gun knowledge from those guys too. Sir Jimmy sounds like you've got plenty of that yourself. But sometimes when I miss something like that, I get it from the listeners. Oh, yeah, this gun wouldn't have this kind of safety or, you know, this kind of that kind of information. Just stick with the Glock. There's no safety. I know. Well, I had it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I've messed that up now once. <laughs> I love that. That's uh, send that into Glock. That's a great uh, ad for them. There is no safety. It's a Glock. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, no, but it's great to have that stuff, and then you can correct it before the book actually comes out. Before anyone reads or buys the book. You can get all that stuff corrected and, you know, it winds up being free fact-checking from the listeners. Now, do, do you add any uh, fresh content when you uh, convert the, the podcast to, to the hardcover book? Yeah, I always wind up doing that. I've done, uh, with all of them, I've done pretty serious revision between the podcasting and the, the actual print novel coming out. Um, particularly with Young Junius, I did a lot of uh, editing and revision there. Um, this is life, uh, is 
sort of came out this year in a print version. Um, well, it's out now as a print version. And that basically involved paring down the Jack Palms 2 and the Jack Palms 3 stories, Checkmate and This Is Life, and combining those into one text for the book version of it. So, yeah, there's always a lot of changing that goes on, even to the point where the end can change and stuff like that. So, you know, when you guys go out and read In Broad Daylight, you can bet there'll be some different changes to the end. A a little treat for all the listeners uh, who've listened to the podcast. A couple extra surprises. Nice. Now, in broad daylight, available now. Go get it, folks. Doesn't cost you a penny. You can listen on your iPad, on your iPod, on your way to work. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, link on the site. And, we should uh, talk some Jack Palms, though, because today's Palm Sunday, right? That's right. We should. <laughs> let's do it. We might as well. First, let's start, start off with my, my question to you. How did you get this great theme song for your podcasts for the Jack Palm series? Actually, I, I was a big fan of these guys called Mad Villain. Um, and back when I started the podcast, which was about 2006, I just emailed them uh, through their record label and said, hey, I'm starting this podcast. I'd love to use your song for it. Um, is that okay with you guys? And you know, someone wrote back from the record label and said, absolutely, go ahead. Just make sure to credit us. And uh, as long as your podcast is free... You can go ahead and use the music. Well, um, I I bought the album from just listening to it on your thing. Though, so. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I can nice. give anecdotal, uh, you know, notice here that uh, the one sale at least came from the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, that's cool. Yeah, no, I wound up, I mean, I really like the album and I wound up using three different songs off the album for the three different uh, Jack Palm stories that I podcasted. Very nice. So you, you started off um, w- with Jack Palm's. Uh, the first one, and uh, what made you what made you do it as a podcast? Well, Jack wakes up was the first one. Yeah. Um, basically, what happened was I was trying to get an agent and putting the book out there and putting the book out there, and you know it, it felt like a lot of that was consuming my time more than being able to sit down and write new stuff. And so, you know, wanting to write new stuff, I wanted to find a way to put the book out there in a way that people could get it and. Lo- listen to it at that point you know there wasn't really as much going on with kindle or ebooks back then this was like oh five oh six you couldn't just pop an ebook out yourself and put it on amazon i didn't know anything about editing um fiction myself i didn't really know about uh book design production layout any of those things so i wanted to get it out there and i found out about podcasting and audiobooks and it just seemed like a great idea to me i was always a a serious audiobook listener in the car and um, when I found out how to do it, I was super psyched and I started putting it out, uh, got a great response from the fans and then just rolled into more Jack Palms fiction. Nice. So uh, Jack Wakes Up, uh, you finished that one. It was on, on iTunes. Well, tell the folks a little bit about the story. Uh, tell us what happens in uh, Jack Wakes Up. Yeah, so um, Jack Palms is the main character. It's kind of a down-and-out, one-hit wonder action movie star, a little bit in the mode of kind of uh, Jason Statham or someone who does sort of that kind of action movies, except his career is really short. He kind of bottoms out in L.A. uh, with a bit of a drug addiction and a bad marriage, and we find him in Jack Wakes Up a few years later in San Francisco cleaning up and down on money and he reconnects with this guy from L.A. who wants him to come in and broker a drug deal. 
So that might not be the best decision, but it's a decision that he makes that sort of leads him down this road where he meets some crazy Czech uh, mobster guys, um, plenty of wild characters that just keep the story rolling along. It all takes place here in San Francisco. It's kind of a blast in the sort of Pulp Fiction, uh, Smoke and Aces kind of mold. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say that Pulp Fiction type uh, story. True romance. <laughs> That's right. Brilliant. Yeah. L- love that story, and uh, I was uh, I was lucky enough to find uh, Jack wakes up late in life, <laughs> and uh, late enough that w- when I finished uh, listening to Jack wakes up, I went right into the second in the series, and the second in the series is, of course, this is life. This is life, and uh, who can forget that title with the the yeah. theme song that you have in that one as well. I wish I had a clip here for the folks, but uh, the, <laughs> the story similar of, to the first. <laughs> yeah. So folks, if you don't want to get spoiled, you can maybe skip ahead a bit, but uh, Jack's story does continue for two more uh, entire podcast series. Uh, yeah. So really in, Jack gets pretty closely involved with these Czech guys. Uh, they wind up having much more to do than just dealing with a drug deal. Jack also really gets involved with some of the people on the San Francisco police department at the end of Jack Wakes Up, not giving any spoilers, he kind of uh, owes some favors to some people on the police force. And so in This Is Life, uh, it's actually based on a true story of a cop killing that happened in the late 80s in San Francisco. Uh, one of the people on the police force calls Jack in and basically says, you know, you owe us this favor. We need you to look into this murder investigation. Yeah. And, and that is the Jack... Sorry, I'll be okay here. And in uh, This Is Life, uh, you continue on doing... Now, are you still recording the same way you did when you did uh, Jack Wakes Up? No, no, I've changed a fair amount since then. I started out using the Blue Snowball USB podcast, USB microphone. Right. Uh, and I was recording into GarageBand, which I'm sure you guys are aware kicks up a huge amount of fan noise, which then you have to battle against. yes. So I was doing all kinds of stuff to fight that, putting pillows over the laptop, uh, getting a different monitor and sort of looping that around to the other side of the room, all these different things. And then, you know, at a certain point I got the H2 from Zoom, figuring that I would use that for some field recording. And I realized pretty much right off the bat that it's just a phenomenal recorder. I mean, the sound quality is amazing. It doesn't make any noise, doesn't have any moving parts. And so I started recording into that. Uh, pretty much from that point on. I think the first book that I did with the Zoom was Young Junius. Okay. And then I've been using it for everything since then. Yeah, because uh, I have the same issue here with, with the podcast because, uh, well, I'm running off a MacBook Pro and yeah. uh, and uh, there's also a little netbook that's actually louder. So, uh, yeah, trying to do some narration work. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've actually got an H2 on order. Yeah, the so, H2 is great. I've been teaching a class right now uh, for – other authors and how they can get their their book out there and we've been talking about a lot of the techniques from podcasting and so a lot of them are trying the h2 and then there's this new one called the h2n which i think the n just stands for new uh although i think the one after that is going to have to be called the h2o and then they'll have real problems (laughs) but um yeah they're using the h2 they're using the h4 you know, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but I think it's a great little product to work with. And it also does sort of a normalizing inside of the right. 
it's got its own normalizing feature, so it's really good. It makes the editing pretty different, though. It makes the editing yeah, a little bit uh, more work. because there's no way to edit as you go. No, there's a, there's supposed to be a way that you can plug the H2 in and use that as a USB microphone, but I've never had any luck with that. That sort of makes yeah. all kinds of weird static noises. Yeah, because I know I know a lot of professional audio narrators. Uh, their their producers basically are editing as they go, so they'll be. But they're they're in another room, right? So it doesn't matter how loud their computer is. Right. You know? Yeah, the editing as you go method is great. I think that's sort of faster in the long haul. But um, but you, you know, get, you I've, I've gotten really sound lucky. I've reached the, a point where um, one or a couple of my fans are nice enough to actually edit my audio for me now. So I just <laughs> shift the files nice. off to them and they edit out all the flubs and flips. So that, you know, I really got to thank those people. Lee Dalmonte, Gary Johnson was doing it for a while. Aldo's done a little bit of help. These guys are just wonderful fans. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes a, a little flub and flip in, in an in a audiobook really takes you out of the story for that split second, you know? Oh, you got to cut those out. Evo over at Patio Books is like a super – at some point I was like, yeah, I might just leave in a couple of flubs and flips. And he's like, oh, no, you can't do it. You got to hold the line for standards. So Evo is definitely a big proponent of the keeping the high standard there. And I think ultimately he's really right. Uh, Spencer, have you ever thought about doing your own uh, audio narration of your book? No, but once I had heard Jack wakes up, I kind of thought about it, but I'm still – Questioning whether or not I want to do that. All right. After that one, we go on to Checkmate, I believe is the name of the third in the series. And, yeah, I thought Checkmate was just a dynamite name. I was really pumped when they came up with that one. It was like one of those things where the first time I saw it, um, I knew right away that that was what the name had to be. I lost Skype there for a second, in case you guys are wondering. I couldn't hear any one of you. <laughs> so oh, really? that explains my strange whatever uh, might have been a little bit off there. You're okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, Checkmate. And uh, tell us a little bit about the story of, uh, of uh, moving into Checkmate. Well, Checkmate really picks up right where This Is Life left off. It's basically the same day. Jack is um, on his way to a certain building at the end of This Is Life. And we pick him up at that building at the beginning of Checkmate. Uh, the Czechs are back in town. There's a big Russian dude in San Francisco that they need to contend with. And um, basically it's the continuation of the story from This Is Life. You know, there's the, the, the plot of a uh, San Francisco police officer getting killed in This Is Life. But then there's also a backdrop plot. Uh, that involves some sexual slavery in San Francisco. And Checkmate really picks up that thread and carries that through to the end. Now, I know that uh, in between two, uh, two of the stories, uh, the, I believe after Jack Palms, he goes off with the, the guys on a motorcycle yeah. trip. Uh, yeah. Are we, you know, you probably get this question all the time, and I, I, I think I even asked you before, but are we going to see that trip? Yeah, I actually started writing that. Um, awesome. <laughs> I thought that the title for that should be Jack Takes Off. Nice. And it's basically Jack and the Checks, a bunch of motorcycles, and I've started, you know, I got about halfway through it and then I felt like I needed to do more motorcycle research, but um ultimately I think I need to just sit down and pump out the rest of that so that I can get it out for the fans. But yeah, that one is well underway. Jack and the Czechs are currently touring around Utah on some motorcycles. They're getting into trouble. They're picking up ladies. It's a mess. It's a big mess for them out there. 
yeah. they're having a good time of it. That's what I'm saying. It sounded like they had a really good time. And then uh, as a fan, we just all <laughs> want to see what happened. What exactly happened? Yeah, they're out there in the sun. They're <laughs> growing their hair long. They're just, you know, they're going a little wild out there. It's funny. So, so that that's one story we're going to see uh, soon from Jack Palms. Uh, are you are you considering doing a a fourth in the series, or are, are we going to put Jack to bed soon? No, I think uh, you know I've been thinking for a while that there needs to be more Jack Palms. Before we came on air, you guys were kicking around the idea of a Jack Palm story that takes place on Alcatraz, and that definitely sounds like something that needs to happen. So, awesome. uh, <laughs> you know, I love the idea that you guys have given me. Um, I need to do something to put that together. Yeah, uh, before the show, writing, before the show, folks, uh, Sir Jimmy uh, just was asking uh, Seth since he's uh, you know in the in the Bay Area if he'd you know been to Alcatraz, you know, and of course you know when you live in a city that has a you know tourist attraction like that, usually it's the last thing you do. Exactly, you're like, oh, time to move. Well, I never made it to Alcatraz, so I guess I better do that before I leave. <laughs> but you know, but it's, if I'm going to write about it, I better go out there and check it out. Yeah, you might uh, you know what might might be able to get someone to you know open a door for you and. You know, give you some time in uh, a cell or something. <laughs> Actually, there is a podcast fan that I know. He's a, he's part of the San Francisco podcast group, and he is a park. It's a national park, actually, Alcatraz, and he's a park ranger out there. So he always said, if I get my butt out there, he can show me around the inside. Nice. So there you yeah, go. So you, I, you've you already know, got the VIP more, uh, treatment. Even more reason to get out there. <laughs> yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, so Jack Palms continues. We, uh, you know, as, as fan, you want to see more and more from the same character. But sometimes as an author, you want to do something new and, you know, uh, go off in a different direction. But uh, sometimes the fans pull you back. And But it sounds like you enjoy writing Jack Palms. No, I do. I do. I mean, that was the fun thing about the second and third books was that I knew the fans wanted more of it. And as an author, you know, to have that feeling... And to have someone that, some fans that you were writing for, that just felt great. And that really sort of got the energy in me, got me going, got me feeling good about that. So I cranked those out. Uh, and now, you know, hopefully people will get interested in the Jess Harding character and want more about her. You know, I've already heard a bunch of people want more from her. And I've been kind of working on uh, another Jess Harding book uh, of late. So hopefully I'll be able to make more progress in that and get that in a place where it's ready to podcast one nice. of these days nice. soon. So uh, do you give yourself a little break between uh, podcasting? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I, you know, I think that's what has to happen. I mean, it's, ideally in a perfect world I would be writing the next book while I'm podcasting the one that I'm currently putting out. Right. But, you know, with teaching and and life I just don't have time to podcast and, and write stuff enough at the same time. So I basically will podcast a book and then I take some time off from podcasting and really sit down and get into the writing for a while. Nice. Yeah, you, you need a little break in between. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to get away from it. Um, I find that I miss the fans when I'm away from the podcast. But, um, you know, it's, it also feels really rewarding to sit down and get the writing done. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a little quick break, as we always do at about this time, uh, just to do a little promo, and we'll be right back, and we'll continue talking to Seth Harwood, and we'll come back and talk to Spencer as well, and Sir Jimmy, and we'll be right back. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Hi. Now that I've got your attention, I'd like to tell you about a great little podcast. Tell me about it. 
Well, okay. It's called Seventh Row Center, and it's hosted by me, Alex the Movie Guy. I work for Kaiser Soze. Anyway, every week I get together with Weekly Animated's David Hickson. These men are the leaders of a terrorist organization wanted for the abduction of a little monkey. Well, no. We're movie opinionists who give our thoughts about films new and old. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Check out our show. It's called Seventh Row Center, and it's part of the Bear Crawling Nation. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Hi, this is Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett from the first Star Wars trilogy. Come and read my book. Go online, jeremybullock.com, and you can see all about my book, Flying Solo. You've been listening to The Book Guys. There we go, a little break. Uh, Just like Seth needs a break between uh, podcasting, sometimes I need to play with the Skype knobs. (laughs) See if we sorted that out. Uh, how's everybody doing? Sir Jimmy, you with us still? Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here enjoying some lovely bacon jam. Oh, did you get it? Wow. It's all done, eh? You having it's some hot, done. hot out of the, the slow cooker there? Yeah. My wife just brought it up here on two pieces of uh, lovely baguette, and it is delicious. Thank you for encouraging us to make it. <laughs> Spencer, have you ever tried some uh, bacon jam? No. Could you explain to me what it is? <laughs> Please, Sir Jimmy. You know, Sir Jimmy, we really have to do a food and drink podcast because we always keep going on to food and drink no matter what show we're on. <laughs> uh, you got to have it. I don't know. It's uh, I had I didn't have anything to do with making it, but uh, it's uh, bacon cooked down and uh, you mix it up in a slow cooker with a bunch of other ingredients and then you rub it on bread. That's all I know. It's delicious. <laughs> well, I, Sounds wow. good. I have. I believe you. You the recipe you you uh, posted to me was similar to the one I got. The Martha Stewart. I'll put it on the site. You know, another un unbook related uh, thing. <laughs> I'll put Martha a link to Stewart. Enjoy, endorses this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You'd think it would be that other lady. What's her name? The the Southern Belle lady with all the butter and stuff in her. Yeah, she's Paula a Dean, bit more, uh, Dean. on the diabetes tip there. That's right. <laughs> she, she's flogging her diabetes medicine in her book. <laughs> so, so Is that Seth, sugar in it? So that's basically like bacon and sugar. Yeah, it's got a uh, uh, the the recipe I have has some maple in it, so nice, kind of nice. mapley. Uh, it's kind of like the way I would describe it is you know how sometimes your your crispy bacon will accidentally touch your pancake syrup. Oh, I like that. It's yeah. that, but all the time. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, did, I did see a, a jar of uh, maple syrup downstairs uh, when she was putting everything away, and you can taste it in there. It is wonderful. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for breakfast now. <laughs> and wow. yeah, I gotta say, I know you, you Americans think that uh, us Canadians are just you know we put ma- maple syrup on everything. That bacon jam was the first like maple syrup I've tasted in maybe eight years. Hmm. <laughs> It's a new American thing to put bacon on everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it works for me. I want to see bacon beer. Hmm. <laughs> we'll have to work. We'll, get, we'll have to get our staff on it. Yeah. Put it in the green room for all the guests. Then, then everybody actually will come to Toronto for a live interview. Uh, so, Seth, yeah, back to, you know, uh, we're talking palms because it is a Palm Sunday. And we're looking forward to a lot of stuff coming from Jack Palms. And where can uh, folks find information on the Jack Palms series? Uh, They can find it over at my website, um, sethharwood.com. There's also a lot of stuff going on at my other website, crimewave.com, C-R-I-M-E-W-A-V. I've got um, In Broad Daylight is up there. 
as well as a lot of great short stories from um, some really good crime writers publishing all over the place. Nice. Nice. And we're going to take a little bit of time here. Uh, it is, uh, let's see, I'm checking our time here. Skype is working again. Hello, Spencer Brokaw, my friend. Hello. I got to be honest, okay? I got to tell everyone I normally don't do this, but I'm telling the tale of how I met Spencer. Now, I get a lot of emails and I try to answer every single one, but I do have little folders that I put my emails into. And the one that I get about, I would say, 20 times a day is, hey, would you please review my book for the show? And I appreciate all the emails I get, and I do try to get to them one by one. Uh, and I think, Spencer, at first I sent you, it was like a form letter that kind of said, hey, don't worry, we'll get to you. I answer all my email, blah, 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 exactly what I just said. And um, then I just quickly took a look at your profile on Amazon. I said, published at 12? <laughs> I emailed you back right away. Come on the show. So, so Spencer, tell us the story. How do you publish a, a book at 12 years old? How did you get – how – what? <laughs> well, I remember I was talking about uh, publishing online and stuff with my dad when we were at Barnes & Noble's one day. And I went home and I was just checking out all these different websites. And most of them, you know, I think they were scams and they were wanting like a ridiculous amount of money. And I had like never heard of them. But I eventually like four or five weeks later – I ran into Kittle Direct Publishing uh, and brought my file over to there, and then I uploaded it. And the next day, it was on Amazon. Wow. So so when did you write it? How old were you when you wrote the actual story? I started writing it at about 10 years old, and I took a break for about six months. And when I came back to it, I edited the writing a little bit and then continued it. Uh, and wrote the last half of it. Okay, so so then you published it a, a year later when you were twelve. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations, now, Spencer. Tell the folks uh, the name of your book and then the story. The title is "The Impenetrable Spy." It follows a character named Zach Carter, and he is recruited for the CIA, and not. Not too long after, he creates time travel and basically becomes the perfect spy. So they send him out on the toughest missions, and he meets several bad guys and, you know, tries to take down a plot that would, like, make the world crumble. So Nice. So I guess having uh, time travel on your, uh, you know, in your hip pocket as a, uh, as a spy helps. Yeah, he just clicks a button on his chest five seconds, you know, into the past. He, you know, if he gets shot or he's supposed to die or something, he'll just go back in time and he can stop it from happening. So he's perfect. Sounds like there wow. could be a, a video game tie in there as well. Yeah, sort of feels like that. I've been playing a lot of Splinter Cell and SOCOM and a bunch of stealth games when I was writing it. So that comes and influences the writing a little bit. And, uh, and Spencer, where, uh, where can people get a link uh, to, to check this out? I'll post a link on the site as well. But. They can get it. Uh, there's, I have all the links on my website. If you go to the Impenetrable Spy Preview, you can see the links for all the platforms that it's available on. And that's the easiest way to find it. So, so you've pub you, you did all the publishing yourself. You, you've got it on. Uh, you went through Smashwords and, and uh, Amazon. Yeah, Pub it and create space. Wow, so you're 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 in a lot of formats. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't find one that would just easily distribute to all of them. And Smashwords, I still think that it's it's great, but I don't. I'm not exactly sure on how you get royalties and stuff. I'm pretty sure you just get royalties for uh, books on the website. But I use it to distribute to iBooks. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah, so it links directly into the the iTunes library, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's everywhere. Anywhere you can get the book, uh, The Impenetrable Spy by Spencer Brokaw. So are we going to see any more from your lead hero there? Yeah, the uh, second book, I'm editing chapters 9 and 10 as of now, and that should be out by the end of the year. And uh, there's a character in the first book that's introduced uh, about 75% in named Jack Robinson, and he has his own spin-off series coming because I'm I needed a little break between uh you know the Zack Carter spy stuff and I wanted a the Jack Robinson guy is a little bit more sloppy. He was a bank robber turned CIA agent, so he's more fun to I like writing for him. So he's gonna have his book and that should be out by summer of next year or hopefully sooner than that. Now now Seth, did you get that? How old are you now, Spencer? 13. So you already got your spin-off series in the works? Yes. And the second in your first series? Mhm. So you're looking at maybe having a trilogy by the time you're 14? Yeah. And then I plan on having the spin-off series go to at least 3 books and then the Impenetrable Spy series ending with 3 books. So I should have 6 books by 15. I think that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Uh Spencer, you you're definitely you're going to get a sale out of me today. Uh, Impenetrable Spy. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. That's awesome. What do awesome. your teachers think? Uh, well, my past teachers think it's really cool, but I don't, I mean, I get along with my teachers, but they're not here to be my friends, so they don't talk to me that much. But they've mentioned it every once in a while, and they think it's cool, so. Do they know that you're doing this? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think they've, uh, I don't think they took the time to actually check out everything. Otherwise, I think they might appreciate it a little bit more. You know what? Just write them into some of the stories, and they'll check it out. <laughs> You'll get a guaranteed sale out of each one. <laughs> I can yeah. make them the evil characters. <laughs> well, no, you don't want that, right? Make them good characters. And yes, you, you want good marks. That's right. Make them the good characters. You get better marks hey, in uh, school. Hey, Spencer, Sir Jimmy here has one of my favorite questions to ask authors is, um, about the process that you go through for writing your books. Where where do you like to do your writing? Uh, what time of day do you write? Like when you're in the car, when you're you know, riding, I don't know, riding the bus to school, you probably got a Corvette by now. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Where where do you go? Do you sit in your room? Do you like... You get dragged over to Starbucks. You sit down with your laptop. Do you write on paper? What What do you uh, do to go through writing? Well, when I originally first started writing, I was writing mostly on notebook paper at a, a desk in my room. But I did not like. Eventually, once I learned how to type better, I just began typing it on uh, my computer. And I sit at a desk. It's got all my books that I own on it, and all of my writing materials spread out everywhere in a printer. And then I just sit there and I normally write, it's either in the morning, like during the summer, or it's like mid-afternoon, but I've never written at night just because I'm too tired and my writing is really sloppy then. Yeah. You get a lot of work done in the summer? Yeah, because I don't have school to worry about, so that's when I get most of the writing done. I just sit down, uh, normally about two weeks in after I've celebrated being free from school, that's when I end up starting writing and getting everything done throughout the summer. 
Sounds hmm. good. Can you finish a book in the in one summer? Oh, I finished The Impenetrable Spy 2 in less than two weeks. I just sat down and wrote for... Uh, I'd get absorbed in the writing. I wouldn't even eat lunch. I was sitting for like three to four hours writing. Then I got awesome. up and I was like, oh, it's four o'clock. So I went out and ate lunch and then came back and uh, I took a break. I didn't write for more than three hours because my eyes would start to hurt. And then I went outside. Brilliant. There you go. There you go. Hey, Seth, uh, you, you yourself... Uh what do you find uh, when you sit down to write? Uh, what do you surround yourself with? Uh, well, recently I got all fancy over here and I got an office outside of my apartment. So that's surrounded. I've got my bookshelves there, a bunch of books, a bunch of different copies of my stuff. I've started selling uh, a lot of books on my website recently. I have my own bookstore on my site at SethHarwood.com. So I've got some stock there that I've been signing and sending out for people I've got a desk, a coffee maker, a refrigerator, and uh, you know, a lot of good pieces of nice sound dampening foam for when I have to record a podcast. Ah, uh, yes, excellent, excellent, uh, gentlemen. Would you stick around and let's do some uh, book news here? Yes. And perhaps we could all uh, do a little commentary here. There's not too many, but book news. So there's a gentleman who is putting together a project called Small Demons. I don't know if you've seen this on bookguys.ca site. Uh, it's going to be kind of like an IMDB for books, where it's going to cross-reference all mentions of products, places, uh, locations, things, people, historical people in all books, and cross-reference them. So you could uh, type in, let's say you're at Jack Palms, you're reading Jack Palms or Impenetrable Spy, and it'll it'll give you a Google map of all the locations in that book. And then you can click on that location and it'll show you every other book that's in that location. Or you could, if uh, Jack Palms is using a Zippo lighter, you could click on that and it will uh, show you other books where characters have used that lighter. And it's called Small Demons. And uh, it's really, is, it is hard to explain. The guy said that the hardest thing about developing this project is explaining exactly what it is. And uh, I agree with him because <laughs> I hope I've gotten the point across, but it's more than IMDB. It's uh, it is a connecting of every single mention of every single thing in every book. But uh, in order to do this, he needs access to the books, uh, actual texts, which uh, he's slowly getting a uh, license from uh, various publishing houses to do that. So sounds like an interesting project. Um, I don't know how often I want to know what other books have Zippo lighters in them, but who knows? <laughs> it's like a social network for books. Yeah, exactly. It's a social network for all the information that's in books. But wow. Interesting. If you ever wanted to know what other books had Alcatraz in them, you know, I mean, that'd be handy if you were writing a book on uh, Jack Palms going to Alcatraz. Yeah. Can't you do it? Yeah. I don't know. Can you do some of that with Google Books? Uh, you, you probably can, but that might be more of a, just a, a plain text search. And, and yeah. as we all know with Google, sometimes you get a lot of noise in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, certain phrases you type in on Google and you get not exactly what you were looking for. Yeah, it would be cool just to have a big list of all the characters in, in different books. Yeah, absolutely. And see if anybody else has used the name Jack Palms or Zach Carter before and see, you know, if anybody else has used those in previous books. Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't even think there's a, a good IMDb for books yet. Yeah, there's not. I'm, not I'm, that I found. I'm cutting, Sir Jimmy. I'm cutting that out of the podcast. 
We'll have to talk after <laughs> yeah. the show. Cut that out. <laughs> you'll you'll see it in about six months. Yes, yeah, so we have to call <laughs> call the web developer. We'll. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So moving on. Uh, also on the story site here, Professor Allen has posted the story that the first batch of new fifty two collected editions from DC Comics is available. Uh, that's the way Professor Allen prefers to read his comics. That's the uh, the trade paperbacks that have uh, you know ten or eleven stories batched into one. Uh, they're, they're slightly cheaper to when you buy them at, uh, you know, in collections. And, uh, that's the first batch of the new 52. And I believe that already like seven or eight of the new 52 are no longer with us. There was a couple, uh, characters there. I think there was a dish man or something like that. There was some really, dish man. <laughs> well, no, that's, I have a comic book here called dish man. And whenever I, I think of a lame <laughs> superhero, I think of him, uh, dish man's power was he could magically do the dishes. So there, there was a, there was, there was a few in that new 52 from DC that are no longer, uh, they, they have canceled those, uh, series. So they had those dishman esque qualities. Nice. Oh, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this pretty soon. She'll, uh, she'll be making me either read that book or she'll be praying for me to get, <laughs> magically get that power. I'll email her a picture of the cover. It's uh, it's great. You get, you get you that little, uh, those tights with the little teacup on the front. Nice. <laughs> Uh, that's about it. And uh, we talked about Barnes and Noble's new e-ink reader with the light. It's always those simple things, you know, Sir Jimmy, it's like an IMDb for books. <laughs> you can make millions. It's like, it's a nook. It's an e-ink reader with a light built in. I still wow. Think, I still think this is going to be huge. It has a light built into it. That's right. But no one wow. ever thought of it. <laughs> you know, I was trying to figure out why this story was a big deal. And then I realized no one had ever done it. Uh, so, but it's not backlit, right? No, it's not backlit. It's still an e-ink screen. Uh, it's a little bit thicker than a Kindle. So this is the Nook Simple. I believe it's, yeah, Nook Simple. And uh, it's a little bit thicker because the, the light is kind of raised off it. So it's a, there's lights on all four sides that light up the screen when you need it. Wow. Kind of neat. You can read it outdoors, indoors. I still say for all the reading I do in my iPad, I've never ever sat there and said, Oh no, I can't read my iPad on this sunny beach. <laughs> well, I have a little clip-on light that I that I have on my Kindle case and uh it sure doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, you know what they the, they're saying that the, what does it does bother a lot of spouses in bed oh, where it's like yeah. shut that damn light off where apparently this thing lights up more like an iPad. <laughs> in the night light. That's what it's about. <laughs> uh Am I getting you in trouble again, Sir Jimmy? Yeah, I believe you are. That's one of my bad habits. <laughs> you do the iPad at night thing? I do the iPad at night, in the morning, everything. Wow. So what can you do? You know, that? That I wish the iPad actually had a setting that would go dimmer than it actually does. Because even on the lowest setting, you know, if you wake up at 3 in the morning and you just, uh, you know, you, you heard like a little ding and you want to check your email – you you turn on your iPad and glance over to look at it, and pretty soon you're like your eyes are just swollen. You you can't lay back down and go to sleep again. It totally ruins you. It needs to be like maybe even less than half of the brightness that that the lowest setting will go to. Yeah, you know what, Sir, Sir Jimmy? Rather than reading with a light like that, why don't you check out our sponsor, Audible? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Tell me about them. I'll tell you about them. We're segue in the world. I'll tell you folks about Audible. Uh, I've been a, a member for many years. I know Sir Jimmy. Sir Jimmy, have you have you done the Audible thing? 
I have. I, I, uh, I did it and then went away and looking to go back again because I'm starting to do a lot more traveling and I could probably absorb a few more books as much time as I spend in the car now than I actually could with the dead tree variety. Well, th- that's what I find. I mean, because uh, I'm on the go a lot and during the day, you know, it's that kind of thing where I, I can put in my headphones, I'll listen to podcasts. Uh, tomorrow I'll be listening to In Broad Daylight, which I'm going to download off iTunes. There you go. And uh, but if if uh, if Seth had sent me a, a the let's say he for some reason sent me one of the first hardcovers of In Broad Daylight, I probably couldn't get to it till you know this weekend at the co- at the cottage. But yeah, one be- of the things about Audible that surprised me, I just found out you know like uh, earlier this week was that if you have a subscription to Audible, that you can download the New York Times every day. Yeah, or or the Washington Post. You have your your for choice. Free. Yeah. So wow. and, and those are usually about uh, forty five minutes to an hour. Uh, so I choose New York Post just because the it's uh, the New York Times. Sorry, just because it's more of a variety of news, and uh, you can listen to the newspaper in an hour on your way to work in the morning. And they usually post them pretty early in the morning. So uh, by the time you you know you leave, you can turn the Audible app on on your iPhone or BlackBerry, whatever, and you can listen to it. Yeah, and it's included in the uh, in your month with uh, Audible. Uh, you also get one credit for an audiobook, and uh, if you want to buy any more audiobooks, you get thirty percent off. And all you got to do is go to audibletrial dot com slash bookguys, or audibletrial dot com slash ebs. Either one. Brilliant. It is brilliant. I love Audible. They're a great sponsor. They take care of us. Uh, and you, of course, for free, gentlemen, ladies, in broad daylight, get it now. Yeah. Spence. Don't forget, Impenetrable Spy is also on Amazon right now at a low, low price. And you can help uh, the budding author, that is Spencer Brokaw, working on uh, two uh, trilogies here. Uh, Spencer, you got a website, everybody? uh, You want to plug it, tell everybody where to come find you, follow you on Twitter, whatever? Yeah, go to spencerbrokaw.com, B-R-O-K-A-W. And then you can go to my Twitter, and it's just Spencer Brokaw, the same thing. Brokaw, like Tom Brokjaw. Yes. Right. <laughs> you got a great name, Spencer. Great name. It looked great on the cover. Thanks. <laughs> now, now, Mr. Harwood, what, uh, yes. now that uh, In Broad Daylight is all out there, and uh, what's our next pod, uh, podcast series coming out? So right now I'm working on uh, another Jess Harding book, uh, just called working title at this point and you know i'd like to get a new jack palm story out the story of jack palms on the road jack takes off i'd like to get that into the podcast in the earbuds at some point soon but but right now i'm really in a writing phase i'm such a fanboy. i was actually clutching my fist and going yes (laughs) that's the one i want to hear i want to hear about that missing period of time between novels Guys on motorcycles taking it to the road. That's right. <laughs> the only thing we know is that they survive, sort of. <laughs> yeah. As far as we know, most of them come back. That's right. Most of them do. Brilliant. Now, Sir Jimmy, what do we got uh, on the horizon? Taking a look at what we got on the horizon for the show. I believe next week we have a duo of authors on, of course. Uh, now my computer fails me. Yeah, we, uh, we've, we're working on getting a couple... Uh, really cool guests. We have a, a few a, of them in the mix. Quite a few that we are working on uh, of the caliber of Seth Harwood and Spencer Brokaw, my friend. Believe it or not, 
Right up there. Right up there. And I believe the calendar has completely died from our sight. I love technology. What about Boba Fett? You getting Boba Fett on there? That's right. We are going to actually, we are going to have Jeremy Bullock on the show. He is one of our upcoming guests. We don't have a date yet, but he's going to talk about his time on the Star Wars trilogy. And there we go. Thank you, iCloud. (laughs) God bless iCloud. I've got my information up again in front of me. So we've got, actually on the 6th of May, we have Phil Neeser and Jacob Hess. And uh, they wrote a book, uh, basically, uh, I'm not going to give you a title now, but it's it's a book where one guy is a liberal, one guy is a Democrat. Sorry, one guy is a liberal, one guy is a conservative. And they kind of go at politics in the book as if it were a free-form conversation. And uh, they're going to be on the show, and we're probably going to have a, a conversation like that. On the spirited, show. a very spirited conversation on the show. Uh, on the twentieth of May, we have Johnny Heller, audiobook narrator. He's going to give us a little behind the scenes uh, on audiobook narration. And uh, on the thirteenth of May, we have Mike Luoma from Glow in the Dark Radio is going to be on the show. And that's all we can confirm right now. Everything yeah. else is a secret. It's a secret. Sounds good. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Seth so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, Spencer. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to reading both your books. Uh, I've, I've, you know, uh, I'm looking to start In Broad Daylight tomorrow, Penetrable Spy, when I have a chance to sit down with my iPad. That'll be my next uh, read under glass. Cool. I'm checking out your website now, Spencer. It looks good. Thanks. Writing tips from Spencer Brokaw. <laughs> It was writing tips from awesome. uh, a 12-year-old author. I just had to change it because I turned 13. Ah. There you go. <laughs> Teenager. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're getting old, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Spencer. This this young author thing's not going to stay forever. You're going to have to you know, come out with that second book soon. I got to reel them in. That's right. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times, everybody. Sir Jimmy, I will see you next week. Seth, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Spencer. Thanks. And we will keep in touch with you guys and post all your information on the site, as we always do at bookguys.ca. Join us there and join us on Twitter, Paul the Book Guy, Book Guys, Free Hollow Books, all those fine Twitter handles. We'll see you next week, folks. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time, same book channel.